Welcome to the 26 West Church Sunday Gathering Podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching helps you experience life in Jesus. Thanks, guys. Well done. Uh, well, well done. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, happy Father's Day. Let me just, uh, just join in adding. We're so grateful. Anybody can make a baby. Um, but not everyone could commit to give of themselves for the good of their family. So we want to honor those of you. All dads mess up all the time. But you're, you're in the long game. And so just... Um, just keep at it. And we're just grateful for those of us who follow Jesus. Uh, we can remember that parenting isn't just our responsibility, that God actually empowers us to, to live for him and love our families. And so uh, today, if you're newer to our church, welcome. If you're just stopping in because it's raining on the coast and it's going to rain here so you didn't know what to do. And um, or whatever you have planned for the day, if, you, if you're new this is week 29, and it's our final message in a long series, an intentionally long series on the Holy Spirit. And uh, today we're going to wrap it up and leave with just some big picture reminders because in 29 messages, there's been 372 points, 847 illustrations. I just made those numbers up. None, none of them are true. But there's been a lot. And so uh, we have zoomed in, if you're new. We have zoomed in to see what does it mean that the Holy Spirit is God? God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. How is the Holy Spirit unique? One God in three distinct persons, and hopefully that was helpful for you. We, we looked at the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, where you see the Holy Spirit brooding over the waters at the beginning, empowering the king and the prophet and the priest, coming on people at the right time to do what human beings cannot do, but what God can provide. We looked at that, and that was helpful, hopefully. And, and then we slowed down, and we looked at the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus, which should be a mind blow. Some of us think it's like, man, well, I can't live for Jesus, because that was Jesus. And then we realized Jesus was a real man, human in every way empowered by the Spirit's presence who enables him to live a perfect life. And that's inspiring because you realize that same Holy Spirit lives in you and me. We looked at the book of Acts and we see the trail of what happens when a people are full of the Spirit. And then we look at the fruit, the evidence. How do you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you? Love. How do you know that the Spirit lives in you? Love. You want to check the barometer of the Holy Spirit's activity in your life? It's not gifts, it's love. And, and so when we are full of the Holy Spirit, we have love, joy, peace, and the whole list, and it's growing in us, and God's transforming us. And then we took the time to look at the charisms, the charisma, the gifts, the manifestations, the stuff that the Holy Spirit does. And hopefully that's been helpful for you because we're realizing that this Spirit who was alive in Jesus doing what no one else could do is now living in us. And so in this crazy way, you and I belong to the body of Jesus Christ. And it's a metaphor, but Jesus is the head of the body. Jesus is the brain. You're not. I'm not. Jesus is the one who's living and moving and bringing his people to where he wants them to go. But we are the body. And it's not like I'm the body and you're another distinct body. No, you and I connected are the body, and we've been given the same spirit to empower us to live more like Jesus. So what I wanted to do today 
which I think will be really helpful as we move into the summer. Uh, next week's going to be super special as we're celebrating new life, new life in baptism, new life in new children, and new life chapters for those who are stepping from one school to the other. I just The whole senior thing still has me laughing, like we're, we're sending off our seniors, like, which sounds terrible. Like, right, bye-bye, older people, you're, you're going away. That's just, anyway, I'm still caught up with that one. Uh, maybe you're not, evidently. So John uh, 20, what, we're, what I want to look is these big statements, a few verses, and three reminders that, that are about the Holy Spirit who wants to continue to move in our life. After this, we'll be looking at the letter of Paul to the Colossian church in the fall. We'll be looking at the letter to the Corinthian church, and we'll go verse by verse through books of the Bible. But today, we're going to read uh, the words of Jesus, John 20. Let's just look at this together. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, because this is after the resurrection. And the disciples were overjoyed with, notice this line, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Let's just read that line together. One, two, three. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. There are three things I want us to remember, not just for a day or for a holiday or for the summer, but for a lifetime. And the first is this, that the Holy Spirit is sending us. Why has God given us the Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is sending us out. I love, I love the language of, of Jesus. He rises again after paying for sin on the cross, in the tree, dying the death we deserve. Death couldn't hold him because he is God and he is alive and he rises and he says to his people, life will be confusing. Peace. Life will be hard because their, their journey is about to get really hard. All of the people he's talking to right here, are most are gonna be martyred for the faith, if not all. Peace be with you. My presence be with you. I'm here, I'm alive, and I'm sending you out, but you will never be sent alone. And this is a good word for Mother's Day, for Father's Day, for Halloween, for Christmas, for Candy Day, whatever day. Isn't it funny that every day is a holiday now? You know? Tomorrow is Monday after Father's Day day, which means eat donuts. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what, tomorrow I guarantee you is a national holiday because someone paid for it. This is America. Um, that was a freebie. So he, he says to his people, peace be with you. And then he doesn't just say a word. You have to catch this. He breathes on them, which sounds very strange. If I come up to you and say, peace be with you, you should be concerned. You should be very concerned. no. This is more than a breathing. No, the Spirit of God is there at the beginning of creation, and God creates man, and he breathes in them the breath of life. This is, this is, this is language that we need to get. The, the shell is dead until God breathes into Adam the life breath, and he is awakened, and he is alive. And there's a picture in Ezekiel 37. We don't have time to go, go to it. And th there are bones that are dry. There is, there's a shell of life that is dry. And there's this call that God, 
send breath. And when God breathes into the dry, dead bones, they come to life again, speaking of the new life that's to come when Jesus the Messiah arrives. So Jesus' statement here is not just random language. Peace of God be with you, spirit of God in you. You can really live as a sent one. And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all record in their own unique way this sending out, this commissioning out. And what you see in all four is that the whole group is sent out. Not one, not two. The whole group is sent out. And, and, and God promises in the sending in all four accounts that they're never going alone. So the presence of the Holy Spirit, friends, is not a tack on. It's not like a, you know, give me the Bible, give me Jesus, God the Father I get, but just don't give me that Holy Spirit stuff because that's weird. No, the Holy Spirit is the game changer. And until we realize he's already given us his spirit, we're gonna think wrongly that we're called to live the Christian life in our own strength, until you realize you can't. Here's a test. Don't sin between now and the end of the day. You can't do it. But the empowering presence of God within you can give you the ability to resist sin. Now, we're not gonna get it perfectly 100%. Some of you are judging me right now. That's a sin. It is, right? But, but we know that because God has given him, us himself we can actually follow him. And some of us think when, when Jesus is sending people out, that's for like a few people who are supposed to do some Jesus stuff, but I'm just supposed to be a nice person till Jesus comes back. I wanna put the quote there from Jesus again on the screen so you drill it in your soul. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And I want you to catch that, dads. As the Father sent the Son, now as one of his boys, he is sending you. And ladies, it's the same. And teenagers, it's the same. And babies who are hearing my voice, love me because I love you. I love it when I'll, I'll see little babies here and they look at me like, I know you. It's because they're hearing my voice right now. It's amazing. It's powerful. I love it. Well, God's always been on a mission to rescue the world. And so, so the, the statement from Jesus isn't just a tack on. The storyline of the Bible is God creates and it's good. God creates and it's good. And then sin enters the world through human choice and as we sin, sin breaks down and destroys. And what the God who creates and sees sin step in is the God who rescues. That's the storyline of the Bible. So right after Adam and Eve's sin, God steps in. After everyone after them sin, God steps in. God is the one who's the rescuing God, and God the Father, Son, and Spirit are trying to capture our attention, are trying to bring us home. They're trying to bring us to life. We're the resisting ones. God's not resisting you. And I want you to remember that. He's not, resi He's not pushing you away. He's not saying, I can't believe you did that. He knows all things. He knows our mind. He knows our thoughts. He knows our actions. And he is calling we're the ones who resist. And for whatever reason, when it comes to male and female, you can email me later about my stereotyping. I want to do it anyway. For some reason, guys have a tendency to be more resistant because of pride. Not always, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about you. <laughs> you judged me again. That's another sin. And so what we know is that God is 
the God who rescues. And so this is the beautiful storyline of the Bible. He sends his people, his spirit, to go out and remind people God's looking for them. And the way people know that God's looking for them is not through signs in the heavens. It's through us. That's the crazy thing. This is, this is not how I would do it. I would not be like God. But thank God I'm not God. Because God is the one who sends and loves. And he sends broken and imperfect people like us to remind people that God is out to bless. So what I want us to do is recapture our sentness. The Holy Spirit is sending us. And for some, that's, that's, that is a trajectory of your life. There is a calling to those who are called to go, you know, we think of sent, like, okay, are you talking about like a mission trip or something? There are, there are those who are called to go to foreign lands and new, learn new languages and get embedded in a new culture because of the cause of Jesus. That is a proper sending. But I just wanna remind all of us that our sending doesn't start when we get on a plane somewhere. Our sending starts at home. The Spirit has come in us so that when we're in our home environment, whether that's a bunch of you and your roommates and you're living in a, in a, in a house or an apartment and you're trying to figure out each other's foibles and still stay roommates, you know, and bill share together, you have the Spirit. The Spirit has sent you for the good of the people that he's brought you to. It could be that you're single and you're in your space. The Spirit has sent you to be hospitable, to invite people into your world so that they'll know that God loves them. If you're married, uh, the Spirit has empowered you to live like Christ. And so the husband and the wife living like Christ is an example to the world that God rescues. And, and maybe if you have kids, the Spirit is at work and sent you into your home to love your kids and to provide for them a Jesus likeness. Imperfect, of course, but when they see the grace of God in your life, they remember that even though I stumble and fall, God will pick me up. And he won't abandon me in my worst day. And he, he loves me on my best day, but he knows that's just one day. But he's with me every day. And I'm so, I'm, I'm so grateful that I was fortunate enough to grow up in an environment where my parents were learning to follow Jesus as we were growing up. So they were learning Jesus as we were learning Jesus and I was given a beautiful example of, of what it means to have the Holy Spirit in the home and have a mom and a dad who are both together and still are, and to have an environment where they really prayed for us. My parents still pray for me every day. They're as old school as it gets. But I know, I, I, I'm never wondering, is someone praying for me? Uh, because I know my parents still are, even though I've been out of the house for so many years. I'm grateful not everyone has had that. Not everyone gets to enjoy that, but hear, hear this. If you have the Holy Spirit, then you can move in a new direction even though you didn't have that. You don't have to live into what happened. You can live into the new because the Spirit who created the heavens and the earth and the Spirit who's brooding over the waters and the Spirit who's coming upon people is the same Spirit that lived in Jesus who's the same Spirit living in you. And this is like a reminder, but hopefully it's the encouragement to realize what does it mean for you to live as a Christian this summer? You are sent. And so, so life in having the Holy Spirit is about becoming more like Jesus. And this is the balance as Jesus' people that we're gonna have to wrestle with all the time. It's a real tension. Someone's like, well, I wanna know, how can I grow here? And so as I talk to people who are thinking about 
you know, joining this community. What are the avenues for me to grow? Because we want to become more like Jesus. We want to be formed to his image. And so having pathways to growth is really important because we have the Holy Spirit. We can know the mind of God and we can grow in the character of Jesus. And this is right and good. And I'm, I'm all for that 100%. We need that. But the tension is we are already in Christ. And we can get so overly focused on our own personal growth and expression that we can neglect what Jesus told his disciples. What did he tell his disciples? As the Father has sent me, I am what? Sending you. And so there will be a beautiful tension in your life of wanting to grow in the grace of Jesus and growing in the knowledge of God, which matters a thousand percent. But let's not forget, he didn't rescue us just so that we'll become closer to him. He rescued us so that we'll go in his name. And there is a calling to your sentness. There is, a, there is an empowering of the Spirit for you to live like Jesus amongst those who are not embracing the way of Jesus. And so you find that Jesus takes his disciples to homes that nobody wants to go to. The stories of Jesus are written by the disciples who firsthand watched Jesus eat with people that other people ignored, loved people that other people avoided. So Jesus has a sentness, and I just wonder, as a church community, will we embrace that? Will we live into that? Will we make that part of our growth in following Jesus? Because sometimes we think, well, it's all about intake, intake, and others about, no, it's about output, output, do, 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 receive. And we realize, I think, that as we're doing, we will grow. As we're exploring and risking for the sake of other people to love them in Jesus' name, you will find your need to pray. You will find your need to know the Bible when you're around people who have questions about the Bible that you've been listening to the Bible for 40 years and you don't have a clear answer to. You will find the need to understand what it means to be a person who follows Jesus and his way when skeptics are poking holes in the faith. So I think if we focus on our sentness and on our going, God, the Spirit, is gonna grow us. So which one do you enjoy more? Are you us? Go, 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 go. Well, don't forget, grow. <laughs> Be built up, receive. Are you someone who, who just leans in towards, I need more, I need more, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Wonderful, wonderful. Where's your outlet? Where's your outlet? You take any body of water and you have no outlet, you have the Dead Sea, which I've been to, and it's, it's hysterical because there's so much salt in it, you get to float to the top. But it's, it's no, there's no life. There's no vegetation. There are no fish. It is all input, 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 input to the point where nothing can survive. I'm not saying you're the Dead Sea. Calm down. I'm mean. I'm not vicious, all right? But, um, but I am saying that we need to capture and recapture our sentence. The second thing is the Holy Spirit is speaking through us. So the Holy Spirit is sending us, of course. He has places for you to go and people for you to love. He's, he's sending, but he's also the God who is speaking through you. So it's one thing to say, I wanna be around people who are skeptical about the faith or who, who embrace another faith. I wanna be around them to love them as Jesus would love them and know them as Jesus would know them. But there are words, and so we, we look all throughout the book of Acts. I just wanna hint at the beginning. 
The Spirit comes on God's people, and what's the first thing that happens? Acts 2, 22, Peter stands up, and he says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among, uh, through, through him, as you yourselves know. And this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep a hold on him. And then jumping down a few verses, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and he has poured out what you now see and hear. Therefore, let Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. So the first thing that happens when the Spirit comes on God's people is, yes, they are all filled with the evidence of God's presence. There's tongues of fire that are seen above their head. They're speaking in other languages. It's miraculous. But the wow was to point to the message. So the crowd comes because they've never seen anything like this. But Peter stands up and represents God's people and says, look, this is about Jesus. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what will we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And so the rest of the book of Acts, Acts 1.8, you'll receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The promise of God to his people is laid out in Acts chapter two and they're in Jerusalem three, four, five, and six, and then the seven, it starts sliding over to Judea and the next thing you know it, they're in Samaria. This is geography. So if Jesus, if this had happened in Portland, then, then it went from, from Portland and then it went out to Bivartan, um, and then it went to Hillsborough, and then it went all the way to the coast, and it went to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth is God's plan. God's a rescuing God, and, and God sends his son as the rescuer, capital R, so that we'll be a people who are rescued, who will go and tell the message. So what is the part that Peter plays? And this is where some of us stumble on it, because they're like, well, I'm not Peter, and I'm not going to stand up to a crowd of thousands of people, and that's fine. You may have a crowd of three, two sons and a daughter. Or you may have a crowd of four or five of people that you work with. You may have a crowd of a cul-de-sac of people that are around you. You have a summer coming up that you're gonna bump into all sorts of people, intentional and unintentional. You're gonna go to the coast. You're gonna see 30 people. You know, am I the only person, every time I go to the coast, I bump into everybody. It's like, I came here to be by myself, you know? Like, hey, hi, hey, yeah, bye. You know, um, wherever we go, wherever we go, there are people, wherever there are people, God is at work. Wherever there are people, God is moving them towards himself, and he's saying to us, his kids, come on, let's do this together. And so we wanna grow as being a people who are prepared to share. Hear this, without being weird, don't be that weirdo. 
please, we have enough weirdos. In the, look at the city we live in. We have enough strange. We don't need to add to the clutter. We can represent Jesus without being offensive. Now, now the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is offensive. You look at what Peter says to them. Hey, a bunch of wicked people, including you, killed Jesus. Everyone who has sinned is guilty and culpable of putting Jesus on that cross. We are the sinners. And so he's not, he's not pointing the finger that they are evil. He's saying what's true. And to say to someone in the Portland metro area, you don't deserve the love of God, but he gives it to you anyway. And he's calling you, though, to turn to him alone and receive God's love and mercy and new life, the filling of God's presence and an eternity with him. It sounds delightful to us, but for many people, that is quite offensive. Well, I want to go this way. Well, that's not the way. What do you mean that's not the way? Well, only the perfect can cover the imperfect. Now, if your plan includes someone who can actually take care of my deepest internal problem, which is my rebellion against God, I'm all for it. But it seems to me that Jesus is the only one who could do that uniquely. And he's done it. And now he's offering. That is so good and offensive at the same time. But we don't have to be offensive. So in love, we could learn to ask good questions. If you, could, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? That's actually a good question. You should write that down. Hey, if something's coming up about God, and it's usually a slam or something, but well, well, wait a minute. If you could ask God one question, what would it be? And why? Why does that question matter to you? We could, we could be personal about things. We could ask good questions that open up conversations. Listen, I'm a praying person, which is very kind of cool because people pray to all sorts of things. But how can I best pray for you? Because I actually do care. We can, we can say, Jose, you're pushing the envelope. I'm trying to. You know, like, but we can just learn to ask good questions. We can learn to be there. We could learn to invite people into our world. You want to be empowered by the Spirit to help people know how good God is, we can learn to invite people into our world rather than expecting them to just jump into meetings that we hold. We could have people over for food and talk about life and agree and disagree and bring Jesus into the conversation. We can, we can make the little effort and knowing that the Holy Spirit's at work all the while. This is just stuff that we can do. And as a church, you know, when it comes to summer, we're looking, we don't do a lot of programming, and I'll give a little side plug on that. That's totally intentional. We don't do a lot of stuff. We're very selective. For everything we add, we cut. Why? Well, for one, we want you invested in people's lives. Have you ever been a part of that church, those of you who've gone to other churches, where you're, you're, at, you're at a church thing like every night of the week? And so, so some people could pick and choose. Well, the problem is if I get up here and say, I need you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and just stare long enough, you may feel guilted into being here all the time when, when people that are loved by God and not following Jesus are there. So I want space for you to be there, but we do a few things to help foster. So like, there's moms in the park. Um, I guess that's for moms. But I, if a dad shows up, I, I don't think he'll be thrown out. He may be judged, but... but um, but there's moms in the park, why? So, 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 so that kids with too much energy can burn their energy with lots of moms watching and get to know other ladies. You, it doesn't have to be people who go to this church. 
It could be other mothers you know in the neighborhood, like a, like a bunch of just meeting over there, we're gonna watch the kids, have something to eat, and that's a simple invite into relationship, and chances are they're gonna bump into someone like, oh, I know you, or oh, our kids are in class together, and this is how the Holy Spirit works. It's not, it's not the big event, although God works in the big events as well. There's a men's camping trip, guys, and it could be that, that you just you know, take a risk and invite someone on a, on a short camping trip uh, that, that you know, that maybe they're not following Jesus or maybe they were at one point and for some reason something happened and you could spend time together and around the campfire telling guy stories or doing whatever guys do with those things. Um, I'm I, out of town, so I'm, I'm sorry I won't be there. But, um, and I'm not a camper at, at all. Uh, it's not a guilt trip. It's not a guilt trip. Uh, it's an invitation. And so there are some planned things, but most of the things that you plan. So, so, okay, the Holy Spirit is sending us, and the Holy Spirit is speaking through us. And the final reminder, and we want to respond in worship, is the Holy Spirit is serving through us. Uh, let's not forget, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's not just so that Jesus' people can talk, although talking is a part of it. The Holy Spirit is actually serving through us. Acts 4, 32 through 35. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. And with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. And here's how. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. And they brought the money from the sales and put them at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to everyone who had need. The Holy Spirit is serving. He's serving through all of us. I just want to, we see it right here. How does this happen? They were of one mind and heart. And where, when you're united, this is why church really matters, when we're united on what God is doing and we know what God is doing and we jumped into what God is doing, we're going to be enabled to know what my serving part is because your thing is not everything, but your thing is something. You have a spot. And so when people are united, it's what made church so hard during the pandemic. Look, we were putting out videos with content, but it's just not the same. Why? Because we're not just made for content. We're made for human interaction and relationship. And so when we're together, I can see the physical need. I can see the person. I, I see that your body language is different than what you're saying, which is often the case. And so I can press in and say, hey, that's great. Hey, can we catch up on Tuesday? I want to hear more about what's going on, and I can, I can serve, you can serve. They shared everything that they had. This isn't communism, where everything was taken away and the state doled out. No, it was voluntary love and service. So people heard about needs, and you know what they did? They said, wow, God, you've given me so much land. I'm gonna do the most countercultural thing, because in our society, it's like, Build, 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 acquire, acquire, acquire. And look at the numbers grow because the growth of my numbers means the success of my life and my legacy is more. The greatest dream in America is to die with a lot of stuff you're not gonna use when you're dead. It's our life dream. What's your magic number? How much can you accumulate before you can say, I'm done with everything, I've made it. Look, nothing wrong with making money. Make all the money you can and more. As long as you have the Holy Spirit guiding you, 
to say, God, what do you want to do with your money? We're a pass-through. And so people sold their family inheritance land, what you should be passing on to future generations, and said, the people in my church matter so much, I'm gonna sell this portion of the land that's been given to my family that could go on and become an empire and say, no, I'm building a kingdom that's not of this age. And so this mom needs a little bit and that dad needs a little bit and those students need to go to camp and I hear about the needs and homelessness in our city and all this, I just wanna do what I'm called to do. And I love, what, I lo- I love the whole story because they sold and said, okay, here's where I'm earmarking my funds. I want 10% to go to this. I want 20% to go to that because I want my causes to be cared for. You know what they did? Here, it's God's money. Here, God's people use God's money in God's way. Humble, humble service. And when a people filled with the Spirit are united and say, I believe in the vision, I want to be a part of what God's doing, you know what happens to the next line? The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection. And when we're all doing our part, the mission of the church, the mission of sharing the good news is going to happen. Um, At the end of this month, we have kids camp. You've been hearing a lot about it. At the same time, I'm going to Kenya to speak to a thousand plus leaders in, in Nairobi because God's at work, not only here, but in other places. So at the same time, we're investing in young people here. I'm preaching with leaders on the other side and then a month later going to do an outreach in one of the towns outside of Nairobi. And, and this, is the, this is the both end. We're loving people here and we're investing in what God's doing around the world. Are we an American church? Well, we're a church that actually lives in America. We're just a a Jesus church. We're a church that's about the kingdom around the world. And so when everyone does their part because the Holy Spirit is prompting, notice there's no pressure here. And so the statement, there was no needy persons among them. And friends, I'm here to tell you, it's happening here. Now, I'm not saying you don't have any needs, but I've been here since day one, and I'm just so proud that the majority, in the 12 years of this church, the majority of needs that are met here are by other people in this church. If if there's a struggle, here's what happens. Sometimes it makes its way towards the staff and the elders and we hear about a need and we're able, because of your ongoing generosity, to have resources to step in. The majority I hear about after, because somebody already did it. And, and they heard about it, and they heard about it, and they stepped in, and they did their part. And to me, that's just the beauty of being actually connected to Jesus' people and not a spectator. You and I are the sent ones, and we're sent to people, and we're sent to speak, and we're sent to serve. And, and on different days, we're going to do different things. And so life of the Holy Spirit is not just about words. It's about being active in whatever God's calling you to do. So I want to give some thank yous because wherever you see God at work, you want to respond and say, God, thank you. I want to say a, a, a very specific thank you to our community group leaders and those who maybe hosted one in your home because for eight weeks, you, like, you vacuumed, you mopped, you prepared, you could have just been chilling, vegging with your little Netflix, doing your thing, but you said, no, I'm going to value other people and their growth rather than my comfort. So if you're one of those community group leaders, you know who you are, um, or you hosted one, could you stand here for a second? Um, Please. 
Okay, you're lying because no one's standing up. All right, come on, come on. Hurry up. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, we, like, you could, yeah. None of them want to stand up, which makes them even all the more amazing because, like, oh, no, I just, I just, what's well, God's home? Yeah, but God gave it to you, and you're paying the mortgage, and we're grateful uh, because you said serving people and providing an environment for them to ask good questions, grow in the faith, be loved, matters. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, folks. So if the Holy Spirit's leading you, just press in. Uh, I want to also just call out some others because this is like where we realize the Holy Spirit is working. I want to, um, I always try not to cry, and that's when I tell myself don't cry, that's when I usually start to cry. There's a method to my madness. I want to call out Ryan Doucette. Yeah, stand up. Yeah. You know what? Uh, this guy's, he's been here, some of you have been here since day one. Ryan's been here since pre-day one, because in the parking lot at Westside, I flagged him and Laura, who, who were, you were already, you were like newly married, yeah, and I was like, man, would you come and help plant this church? He's like, well, actually, we have a house that's like really close to the church that planted us. So I'm like, well, maybe God will open the door, and they actually prayed about it, ended up renting their other house out to live here to help plant this church. Which you just gotta, and now he's like one of our pastors and he's amazing and, and we love him. So thank you, you're done with the spot, so. Yeah, so, I mean, he was working at Nike, starting a family, all this has happened, but the spirit's been working in him. So when you see signs of life, you just say, wow, God, you're so good. And so the problem with starting is then where do you go from there, right? Um, so I'll go to Pat Edmonds, who's right here in the front and he's gonna love this. Why don't you stand up, Pat, because it's spiritual discipline, you have to. Uh, I'm calling you out. Yeah, Pat. Okay, so what you don't know, and literally you can punch me later, is, is so we, we've had a lot of maintenance needs since we took over Elise, and so we raised funds, we did a bunch, but it left a, a little bit like we, we just didn't have the funds to complete. So our hallway was very ghetto because we didn't have the like, funds to, to finish like painting it all out and and other things that just like, oh, if we, we could have. So I was like, Pat, can you help pull, pull a team together? Absolutely. And next thing you know it, he's just pulled the team together and, and personally painted the entire side hallway over there himself on his days off because he just loves you that much. He's like, hey, I, I kinda, he's got a construction background. He knows what he's doing. But this is on top of leading community group, on top of, on top of, on top of. But, but when you see people who say, having the spirit means I am empowered to paint, you realize like, oh, well, that's what the spirit-filled life is? Yes. Uh, it's not just going to preach to some foreign land. It's to say, I love God's people, and I want this space to be warm and inviting and very clean white. Do you see how clean and white this place is? God be praised. All right, uh, uh, just a couple more because that, that's what I want to do. Um, Andrew Hakim. Yeah, I know you're here somewhere. Come on, buddy. Yeah. Did he leave? Oh, wow. Oh, baby sleeping. Okay, this is even better because he really would punch me afterwards. Um, so Andrew, from day one, has just been leaning our, our sound and let it until he got married. And we're like, man, brother, you need a break. And, and they just had their first child, the son, Ezra, who's, who's cuter than cute, can be cute. And, and we just want to honor people who are like, you know what? Um, like, this is what it means to love and follow Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And with him, I, I, I want, oh, well, Vadim can't because he's in another room. 
but Vadim Voshakov is in other rooms so that those of you watching online right now can have an audio mix because he's not in this space with his family because he wants you to be able to hear this well. And that's like a gift. And Matt Turkington, who you can stand or not, yeah, you're going to sit anyway because I'm not going to tell you what to do. And, and it's come in, and Matt's got all of these technical skills. Like, it's his job. It's his career path. And he's been able to come in on so many endless days. We'll just come in, and he's here, like, in between meetings, fixing stuff and helping stuff and troubleshooting stuff and, and being what a lot of the gift, gift and skill set of our other team members don't have. But this is what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he's like, Jose, why are you calling out guys? Why not ladies? It's Father's Day, people. Cut me some slack, okay? Um, I'm strategic. And then one, one last one, and again, if I didn't call on you, I'm just giving representative. Uh, Seth Fultz, where, somewhere. Did he leave too? All right, oh, okay. Yeah. Now you're gonna be a show-off and prove you're a wonderful dad. But, but having seen Seth and Natalie and, and coming into the church and watching them give them one child and then two and running, you know, growing successful business and yet is joyfully here on the setup team end over end over end and is one of those people, trust me, that is looking out to see where can he bless. Again, the, are, are any of these guys, and again, I, I did guys because it's Father's Day, are any of them perfect? No. Do they have the spirit? Yes. And this is what it means to be full of the spirit that God is sending and speaking and, and serving through all of us. All right, let's just land the plane. What do we do? Um, kids camp. You say, like, well, I want to get in the game. Is, is coming up. Uh, if you signed up for our weekly, you know that this, this weekend, you just heard it, Ryan mentioned it. I think Friday and Saturday, there's some last minute painting to be done. You just need to show up and, and serve. Youth camp, you heard it from Dustin and Ryan. We need some people to give a week of their time. It's just, that means a week less vacation. And you heard, Dustin, you're gonna stand a lot. But you know what? Kids are gonna come to Christ. <laughs> That's huge. Because you're cooking, a kid's gonna encounter Jesus. That's full of the Spirit. Co- uh, coffee and hospitality teams. Our team is so amazing here. You come in and receive and probably don't even think about there's people here every week getting here early. Well, they need some reprieve this summer. So we're asking you if you, have, if you have any ability to serve, you come a little bit early and you just do what you're told. You put donuts in cups. It's, you pre- what's the coffee? You press a button, man. You, you press a button. It's not instant. It's actually really good coffee, but the machine does the work. Here's the question. Are we making room for the Holy Spirit to work in and through us? And I hope the last 29 weeks have stirred a passion for the Holy Spirit's work in and through you. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Sunday Gathering podcast. To learn more about 26 West Church, please visit our website at 26westchurch.org.